Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 471st ever show of all around sports reach monday at noon eastern time we broadcast live from florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week to join the show the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com as always i will give you my highlights lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my bizarre story of the week is the unretirement of Tom Brady after 41 days of being retired. And the news of which down here in Tampa Bay late yesterday afternoon spread like wildfire. Interestingly, there seemed to be optimism down here that he might come back. So there was an undercurrent uh, going on. And everybody down here, myself included, loved his tweet and reference to unfinished business and LFG and it just felt like the best news ever. Uh, everybody down here just uh, has embraced Brady after his career in New England, which I had the good fortune to witness ringside as a season ticket member for many years up there, which I still am. And it was just uh, amazing. Takes a lot. Uh, take seismic news to upstage Selection Sunday, but Brady did it. Uh, his uh, The news came out right around the 6 p.m. Eastern start of Selection Sunday, which is a, you know, huge event. And uh, <laughs> uh, But it was all Brady all the time after that. Um, all the local news channels, it was the lead story here in the Tampa area, as you might expect. Uh, and everybody is just thrilled. Interestingly, you know, he Brady had also tweeted that he spent the weekend with his boys over in London going to a Manchester United game with the Glazier family, who, of course, owns both Manchester United and the Tampa Bay Bucks, and soon thereafter, Brady's tweet comes across that he's unretired. I uh, have to think that maybe there was a connection there of him spending time in London with the owners of the Bucks, uh, watching Manchester United, and of course there was some uh, tweets going around with him meeting Cristiano Ronaldo, a spectacular player for Manchester United. And the timing is perfect, given it's 
NFL free agency is basically upon us this week. And the Bucks even got a quick head start on it by signing perhaps the most important pa- player of all to Brady, uh, the center, the guy who hikes him the ball uh, every single play. And he's blossomed into a terrific player. And that would be, of course, Ryan Jensen, who was a free agent and signed uh, within hours uh, with the Bucks, within hours of Brady's announcement. So it's all good. Uh, I think it's good for the world of football. I think it's certainly good down here in Tampa Bay. I watched some Boston news coverage, taped a couple shows, sports shows they have on Sunday night up there. And that was interesting, too. Uh, Continue to watch Brady with great fascination up there. There are legions still of Brady fans up in Boston, as you would expect. And uh, so it was just quite the Sunday evening, to say the least. One of those remember-where-you-were moments. I know I will. Uh remember where I was uh, in in downtown Tampa, uh, interestingly enough. And so there was a general malaise after Brady's retirement and a lot of chatter, as you would expect, as to who the Bucks might get for their quarterback. And as you saw, Aaron Rodgers resign with the Packers and Russell Wilson go to the Broncos from the Seahawks. Uh, you know, it was starting to feel like, uh, the Bucks were potentially headed for quote, an average year at best, uh, without a marquee quarterback. And now that's just changed in a hurry, including out in Vegas where the Bucks Super Bowl odds rose, uh, dramatically uh, in a matter of seconds, I'm, le- I'm guessing. And, uh, so it's great. Just great news. Good to have Tom Brady back here in Tampa Bay. Good to have him back in the world of football. Uh, another interesting note to me is, you know, the age he'd always talked about playing till was 45. Uh, he, of course, will be 45 this coming August. It always occurs during the preseason, early in the preseason. So that's also, uh, you know, noteworthy in my opinion. Uh, and who knows? Maybe he'll play to 50. That's also been put out there uh, once or twice before. So, uh, But it starts with this year and playing at age 45. So uh, it's just uh, a lot of smiling faces in Tampa Bay today. Trust me. Um, and one of the reasons there's a lot of smiling faces, which leads right into my highlight of the week, which is the Major League Baseball lockout ending, which means spring training games will be held here in Florida starting this week. I believe it's the Red Sox, uh, appropriately enough, playing the first game this Thursday, St. Patrick's Day, uh, down at their JetBlue Park in Fort Myers. And then it's on with a full slate of games rolling out throughout the weekend. Uh, I look forward to getting to some games down here in Florida as I've said in the previous couple of weeks, there are a uh, number of spring training uh, facilities, stadiums, right within uh, easy driving distance of where I'm at. So 
half an hour to drive to these games and uh, for various teams from the Pirates to the Phillies to the Jays in Dunedin to the New York Yankees. So it's terrific. Great news. Glad they figured it out sooner rather than later. Obviously, the season is on. And again, so many people down here uh, rely on spring training, restaurants, travel, vendors in and around stadiums. So it's a big deal for them, as it is out in Arizona as well, to have spring training back. Granted, it'll be shortened, but nobody's complaining. They're just glad they're going to at least get some games in down here. So... um, so good for them, good for the players, good for the owners. Uh, they got it done uh, quick enough to, again, save spring training, which was a gigantic concern down here. My low light of the week is the Players' Championship up in Pontevedra, Florida, near Jacksonville, being basically wrecked by weather all weekend long. It was just, frankly, tough to keep it straight as to what round they the various players were actually playing in um, the weather was a bit crazy down here this weekend uh to say the least throughout the state uh from jacksonville to tampa and uh so we were denied the customary pga sunday finish so it spills into today and see how it all shakes out uh i think players still needed to complete the third round and then it'll be the final round, and uh, we shall see how it all turns out. And uh, there was a, a great highlight, though, even though it wasn't the final round on a Sunday. It was one heck of a highlight, which, of course, is Irishman Shane Lowry uh, having a hole-in-one on the iconic 17th Island Hole at Sawgrass. And his reaction was just priceless. He is the most likable guy you'd ever want to see. Um, You know, a big personality Irishman who enjoys a good time. And he certainly had a good time celebrating that uh, ace yesterday. And good for him. And he was playing with Ian Ian Poulter, a fellow European. And their reaction just was priceless. So that really helped save Sunday for the PGA. And uh, so back at it today and we'll see when and where it all uh, plays out, but should be fun. And before uh, I end the segment, certainly need to uh, give a big shout out to Kevin Garnett, whose Jersey was retired yesterday in the Boston garden. Uh, I had the pleasure to see him a few times living up in Boston as I do and including game one of the finals in 2008 against the Lakers and Kobe. And it was fabulous. It was good to see Paul Pierce there. And it's really good to see Ray Allen as, uh, most sports fans know there was, uh, friction uh, running for the past couple of years between Ray Allen and, uh, you know, fellow teammates from the 2008 team, including uh, Rajon Rondo as well. And uh, 
But Ray Allen was there yesterday. Did hear something that maybe Ray Allen and KG talked at the NBA All-Star game recently, if I heard it correctly, and maybe they sorted things out. All that's important is Ray Allen was in the house when KG's number went to the rafters. KG was very emotional, which is, of course, what made that that emotion made him the player he was. Uh, And just great stuff, to say the least. So congratulations to Kevin Garnett. That is quite an honor, given the amount of time he played here. But well-deserved because the impact he made, uh, it basically restored the Celtics franchise to its rightful spot atop the NBA, winning a championship, and just getting the Celtics uh, back on track after some lean years uh, post-Larry Bird. And, uh, and you, you know, even though it was mixed in with some good years with Paul Pierce and those, those teams, uh, it still wasn't what the Celtics and the Celtic fans are used to. Kevin Garnett just changed all of that overnight, literally overnight. And uh, and it was just fabulous uh, to watch. And again, so I think he was only up a Celtic for five or six years. But again, the impact he made uh, led to his being inducted, or not inducted, but the, the number being retired. So good for him. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Inglehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance of success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You 
are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, and it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, doing very well, John. Thank you so much for having me on this show. And thank you, as always, for calling in. And AP, it takes a lot to upstage Selection Sunday at 6 p.m. traditionally, like it was yesterday again, 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, But boy, it sure happened yesterday when Tom Brady uh, announced his un-retirement from football and uh, down here in Tampa, it was just, uh, electric news. It was like the city and the region just came to a halt. Um, and I happened <laughs> to be in Tampa yesterday, Hi. so it just doesn't get any bigger th- than that for, uh, unexpected news. Um, so want to get your thoughts on that. It was, uh, again, just, uh, a, a crazy moment to ha- have that occur, right? pretty much at the beginning of Selection Sunday. Right, John. Yeah, that's what they call a game changer because now yep. all the uh, defensive coordinators playing the Tampa Bay, they're not considering anything about uh, Kyle Trask, the second-string quarterback for Tampa Bay. It's all back to your old game notes of facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady. Yeah, and I made note of a couple of interesting coincidences, AP, which were uh, mainly that he was over in London with the Glazier family, who ho- who own Manchester United, and, oh, by the way, own the Tampa Bay Bucks. And quickly, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And not to mention, start of free agency today, even yesterday with the Amari Cooper news going to the Browns, uh, so now, you know, the Bucks. people know they, they can come to the Bucks and play with Tom Brady. So the timing, uh, not an accident, I'm guessing, between the Glazier family, Brady being with them in London, uh, start of, you know, free agency. And, you know, it just all came together. And case in point, within hours of the announcement, the Bucks re-signed Ryan Jensen, free agent center who hikes the ball to Tom Brady on every single play. And he's a good one. So he, you know, a lot going on for a Sunday night to say the least. Yeah. The timing was right, John, at least he considered the dates that were, uh, would affect his team and himself. I mean, that was all in his self interest to make that announcement prior to the, the free agency deadline and that type of thing, because, a quarterback is not much who doesn't have an offensive line, especially a center, to protect that middle and the, that rush that, uh, so he can step forward to throw the passes. So 
uh, it was in his interest to make that announcement at that time. Very much so. Plus, the Bucks lost a good one with Ali Marpet retiring a couple weeks ago at the young age of, I believe, 28 or thereabouts, and uh, and Pro Bowl Pro Bowl player and uh, terrific player from Hobart College in upstate New York. Uh, not a lot of uh, players coming out of Hobart, but he is one, and boy, he's had it was a good one, had a good career, and I'm sure Buck fans uh, are hoping maybe he'll. Unretire as well. <laughs> um, there's no evidence of that. Nothing has uh, shaken out, but I'm sure it's in the back of everybody's mind because you said it perfectly, AP. Nothing more important than a good offensive line uh, to, for Tom Brady, to say the least. He is, after all, going to be 45. Um, so, got to keep him upright. Um, so, AP, I have to, you know, I mentioned, but I have to ask you, you know, what do you think about Amari Cooper? You cover Alabama. You know him well. You've seen him throughout his college career. And, uh, yeah, it, there was rumblings the Cowboys were, you know, going to let him go, so to speak. And the Browns swoop in, and basically he's a replacement, as I see it, for Odell Beckham Jr., for the Browns. Yeah, I think it's surprising, John, because – Here's Amari Cooper, one of the best receivers ever at Alabama. He's in the top five. Uh, he's on his third NFL team. I never would have suspected him being traded and released and the, all these types of things from the, the Raiders to the Cowboys to the Browns. I just never would have had any inkling or made that type of prediction that he would be on three different teams so far. That's a really good point, AP. You know, I kind of forgot about the Raiders, uh, where he started his career. And, you know, when he moved from the Raiders to the Cowboys, that was massive news, as befitting transactions involving the Cowboys, both coming and going. And, uh, and yeah, so that's right. He did begin with the Raiders. And uh, here he is, you know, heading up to Alabama. But he's, you know, a storied college career. Uh, an excellent pro career so far, NFL career. And, uh, yeah, the Browns, all credit to the Browns. You know, they needed to replace Odell Beckham Jr., I think, you know, uh, just to keep the status quo, yeah. shall we say, where they still have Jarvis Landry. Although I found it very interesting that they uh, are going to allow him to seek a trade. I'm guessing maybe he... Right. Wanted to be the number one, assumed he was going to be the number one. Maybe he was told that. And now suddenly Jarvis Landry is, uh, again, you know, uh, free to seek a trade. Uh, not every team does that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah. but I, yeah, I, I, but he's yeah. highly thought of. So go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay, John. I was just interjected. I mean, if that's his reason that he wanted to be the number one receiver, I'm still thinking about teams trying to win. I mean, that's the primary reason, win. Number one, number two, you catch 50 passes, 70 passes, you know, what's the difference? You're contributing to the win. I, I, I am amazed and it's uh, disheartened by all this business about I have to be the number one receiver. I mean, if, if you catch the passes, believe me, the quarterback's going to make you the number one receiver. That's right. It's very earnable, you know, you know, shall we say. Yeah, you know, straighten up, yeah, straighten up and fly right. You'll be fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I just look at Julian Edelman and Wes Welker. You know, I don't think people would see a slot receiver off the top of their head as a number one, but <laughs> I don't know how you can look at Julian Edelman and, for that matter, Welker as anything other than number ones. <laughs> you know, right? As they pile up a hundred yeah, catches yeah, so, each year. Yeah, but I mean, you would think, job. If I'm a receiver, I'm thinking I do not want four people guarding me. I want somebody guarded on the other side. Correct. I, I don't want to be boxed up. But right, one on one. I want to have somebody capable um, as, as my, you know, pairing up with somebody. I want I want a third person in the slot. I want a good tight end as well. I want receiver backs who can catch the ball. I want to be one-on-one with somebody. Yes, good tight end. Uh, so just looping back to Brady, uh, you know, and speaking of tight end, I mean, Gronk. Now the Gronk watches on down here. Uh, in Tampa and across the league, of course, he's Gronk. <laughs> and uh, so we'll see yeah, if, yeah. I, I mean, down here, it was lead, obviously it was the lead story on all the news stations, local news stations here in Tampa last night. And some were just saying almost matter-of-factly, like, well, Gronk will probably sign today <laughs> with the Bucks. I mean, and maybe he will. <laughs> um, so, but AP, aside from Gronk, um, big quarterback, signings last week uh Aaron Rodgers of course resigned with the uh Packers after a lot of drama over the past year and I would love yeah. to see uh, mm-hmm. the look on his face when he learned the news of Tom Brady because let's just say it makes the path to the Super Bowl a little harder for Aaron Rodgers and especially in the NFC um oh yeah and, John, you and, remember when Bob? When, you remember when Bob Hope used to tour the um, the countries with the soldiers and the of course USO and he come and he come on stage and he make fun of the city that they were in, probably that was uh, you know an active uh, military area, and he would come on the stage and said, "Welcome to uh, you know whatever town it was." He says, "You want it, you got it." That's the way I feel about Aaron Rodgers. You want him, you got him. Correct. That's the way I feel that's about it. it. That's the way I feel. You know, he, he had all that drama and all those things. And I mean, he, he must think he operates in a vacuum because subconsciously that affects people. Correct. That's a very good analogy, AP, with Bob Hope. I, I agree. You want him, you got him. And Green Bay has him now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. They, they know what they got. Uh, but also... I have to ask you before we close out this segment, uh, Russell Wilson to the Broncos. That was a shocker. Uh, even though yes. it was rumored Russell Wilson might not be with the Seahawks and that rumor has been kicking around for a while. Uh, the reality of it was, a uh, that was a shocker just that it actually occurred. And there he is out in Bronco land. And there's been a lot of quarterbacks since Peyton Manning, but it feels like he is the successor to Peyton Manning uh, out in Denver. Right. Yeah, that'll bring some excitement to their team, upgrading at the quarterback position. Any team would be glad to welcome a person that was better than the former quarterback. So I'm sure that brings a lot of hope and excitement to that program. Yeah, and I'll say this. You know, I've said it often regarding other teams and other sports. I think the NFL is a little better when the Broncos are relevant. I really do. I mean, they're a 
yeah. just a marquee franchise. You, you know, been talking about Brady and whatnot. I some epic battles that we all remember between the Broncos and the Patriots uh, throughout the Patriots dynasty and uh, Peyton Manning, all of it. Just you know, they're. The Broncos are a marquee team. What can you say? They just are. And it's going to be fun to have them, uh, you know, relevant again. APA. Yeah, excellent fan base. Yeah, excellent fan base. Great fan base. Just great. I had the good pleasure of seeing uh, the stadium was empty, but it was in Denver and went over to the old Broncos stadium. And some people say that's the loudest stadium practically in the history of the NFL because it was like an erector set and the place just rumbled. Uh, so yeah, it's a great spot to say the least. So yeah, so I think it's great for, great for the NFL to have them clearly they'll be back in, back in the mix as a marquee team with a Russell Wilson, no doubt about that. Oh yeah. So I'm, I'm happy for them. And I know Jerry Judy, the wide receiver out there, he, I'm sure he's welcoming Russell Wilson. Right, and I'm a big fan, as you know, of K.J. Hamler, formerly of Penn State, star receiver at Penn State and return man, and uh, he's there. So I'm sure he's thrilled. So he's got some weapons. The two we just named are pretty significant weapons, to put it mildly. Oh, yeah, and like you say, if you get any type of home field advantage in Denver, they're difficult to beat. You have a quarterback now that you believe can – work your system and provide some offense. I mean, and they have that, like we say, that rabid fan base makes a lot of noise. They could contend. No doubt about it, AP. And uh, yeah, they're best. They're, they're nearly impossible to beat in Denver, uh, especially in big games. At least they were. We'll see if that continues. And uh, coincidentally, breaking news just across NFL, uh, ESPN that uh, the Browns released Jarvis Landry. So that, to me, he's, so he's, I guess, a free agent, and that's that. Free to sign with oh. anybody. Yeah, that's a wow. wow. Just good timing for us. It right? is. Yes, yes, that's a, a situation where we did not anticipate. I didn't know it would be this quick, but here we are. This is the week that there's going to be a lot of NFL news player movement, shall we say. Uh, But AP, it's time for our first break. We still have a lot to get to, including uh, your discussion of a major football event that you attended over the weekend. And we'll get to that on the other side. So don't go anywhere. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Join hosts Navanav Nav every week for Good Morning Canada. Our home is Canada, but our message and reach is boldly global. Our focus is on the alternative perspective, the hidden dimension, and the expansive horizon. Ideas are designed to be challenged, perceptions shattered, and information balanced. We invite you to visualize the converse viewpoint. Dare to be inquiring, but always promise an hour of lively fun. Listen worldwide at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show for some america listeners welcome back to segment three of all around sports and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 472 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So, A.P., uh, at the end of the previous segment, I previewed your... Uh, Attendance at a truly legendary uh, annual football event. So our listeners would love to hear all about it. Yeah, John, I had the pleasure of of attending the 55th uh, annual uh, National Black Tie Awards Dinner at the Walter Camps Football Foundation on the campus of Yale University. And they had some events during the and during the weekend as well, besides the banquet. So they had many All-Americans there, and then they honored uh, four individuals, Jerry Jones, the owner-general manager of the Dallas Cowboys, Drew Pearson, the Hall of Fame wide receiver from the Dallas Cowboys by Tulsa University, Danny Werfel, the Heisman Trophy winner, and NFL former NFL player, University of Florida, and also Desmond Howard, Heisman Trophy winner, University of Michigan, and the NFL as well. So it was a, quite a weekend, and I uh, really enjoyed my time visiting with some of the All-American players. I was with a couple of the quarterbacks who were named the Connecticut State Players of the Year. Um, really? I think it's Tyler Van Dyke of Miami and Will Levis, University of Kentucky. And correct me if I'm wrong, that, that's quite a list, AP, to say the least. Is Will Levis the one who uh, used to play for Penn State and transferred down to Kentucky? Is that correct? Correct. That's right. That's right. Sure is. Yeah. Great runner, if sure I remember is. correctly. So it was, 
Yeah, great runner, but he could pass the ball as well. Had an excellent year. They ended up beating Iowa in the bowl game. They ended up ten and three. So uh, he's fine looking athlete. Um, I think he's about six three or so, two twenty, two twenty five. Um, very good quarterback. I'm I'm looking to him to contend to be a, a excellent player in the SEC. Of course, we got the returning Heisman Trophy winner with Bryce Young of Alabama, but but um, Will Levis can be a excellent quarterback, and I, I suspect he's going to get drafted as well. Yeah, he's a big guy, right? As I remember. Big guy, yep, yep. In yep. the neighborhood of 6'3", 6'4", about 220, 225, yeah. And then Tyler Van Dyke was a freshman, uh, I think he, maybe a redshirt freshman at Miami. He's also from Connecticut, so they shared the award. And they have the same um, personal coach as Travis Meyer as well. So I sat next to Travis and so with uh, Will's family, his parents, Mike and Beth, and his actual high school coach was there from Connecticut as well, uh, Greg Jaska. Well, AP, that's quite a who's who, to say the least, but this is, uh, this is a dinner you want to be at. I mean, this dinner, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sensing it goes back many, many decades, to say the least. Walter Camp is just a legendary name in the birth of football in America, to put it mildly. Right, right, John. It's um, 132 years wow. to have an All-American team, and that was the 55th dinner. Holy cow. That is, uh, that's some serious history there, no doubt about it. Right, for sure. And was Jerry so, Jones um, actually there? Yes, he did. He gave a speech. He gave a speech, and Desmond Howard and Daniel Werfel as well, and uh, Drew Pearson. They, they all got a chance to speak to the audience. Again, big names. That's impressive. Yeah, Jerry Jones, very charismatic. Uh, I've had the pleasure of you know seeing hits, him at some NFL owners' meetings, and uh, I'll say one thing, and I'm sure you would agree, the media loves him with good reason. He, you know, he talks to the media. He's never shy about that. So, oh yes, yeah. Oh yes, that, really. He's been in, in front of ways. a few cameras and microphones. Bingo. Yes. Bingo. So yeah, he's a media darling, to put it mildly. Um, and AP, that's not all that you got going on. Uh, while you're up in the Northeast uh, and back in your Connecticut roots. You're also going to be heading to another event, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm looking forward to moving down to Atlantic City this week um, for the Maxwell Football Club Annual Awards Banquet as well. Uh, the 2021 Maxwell Award winner uh, will be given to Bryce Young, the quarterback from the University of Alabama. Wow. Um, they have, yeah, they, so the, and I think their freshman award, the Sean Alexander Freshman Award, is given to the tight end from Georgia. And We'll see a defensive player there, the Chuck Bednarik Award winner. Um, we'll see Dave Aranda as the coach of the year for the Maxwell Award. So we'll see some more big, uh, football dignitaries there um, in Atlantic City. Looking forward to it. Yeah, that'll be great. And correct me if I'm wrong, the Maxwell Award is basically out of Philadelphia. Am I right about that? Yes. Yes, okay. yes, that's a, that's a, um, a Philadelphia-based organization. That'll be Jordan Davis, University of Georgia, is the uh, defensive player, the Ben Eric Award. 
Okay, and I think he made uh, quite the impression out at the Combine, if I remember correctly, from just a week or two ago. Yeah, a big man that can move, pretty athletic. Yeah, very, very athletic, uh, as we all saw throughout the season. Um, well, that's great. Uh, good stuff. Good for you. To, I'm sure you're enjoying being back in the Northeast. Uh, hopefully the weather's okay up there. It seems like, I, I think I saw that it's going to get up to 70 on Thursday or something. So, you know, spring's a coming, and it's a slow process, but it's coming. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, the, the uh, weather's been fine. It's bright and sunny today, probably around 50. So uh, good weather's been following me lately, John. Good for you. You deserve it. That is awesome. Well, AP, you know, we already, uh, while we're talking college, let's stick with college basketball and Selection Sunday. Uh, Alabama, the team that you know so well. Uh, how did they do? Where? What's their seed? And who are they playing in round one? Do you know? John, you know, Alabama is a team that beat the number one seed in the West, Gonzaga lost to the cellar dweller in the SEC, Georgia. So I have no idea what's going to happen in the, in the tournament with Alabama. They're number six seed. They're playing in the Western region in San Diego on Friday at 3.15 Central against the play-in winner. Uh, that game will be in Dayton, Ohio. Rutgers, right. number 11, and Notre Dame, number 11. So Huh. That's who the matchup against, and and anybody Alabama plays, it'll be a tough game because defensively, like I said, they last year completely different team in the top five defensive. This year, I think they're in the ninety around the nineties, and their shooting is not as good with the, from the three point line, and overall they're not making those layups like they used to uh, or, or last year the previous team. So and, and the free throws as well, and they turn the ball over. So Alabama. Uh, it's going to be a tough road for them. It will be, but, you know, there's a lot of talent there, and there's, uh, you know, a number of good years in a row. And as you, they beat Gonzaga earlier in the year, I believe, correct? Yes. Yes, they did, yes, in, in Washington, up, up in the Northwest. They sure did. Yeah, so they beat them on the road, the number one overall seed, Gonzaga, and, of course, the other team that beat uh, uh, Gonzaga, another team, is, of course, Duke. <laughs> and, uh, and so Duke is in the same region with Alabama and Gonzaga, obviously, correct? Yeah, yes, they are. Yes, they are. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It would be interesting. I think that Western region, the uh, final eight would be in San Francisco. John. Okay. All right. Uh, wow. Well, I think we, uh, I'm glad we got a chance in this segment to uh, hear about the great football dinners you're attending up in the Northeast and still scratch the surface here with, uh, with you know, March Madness. It's underway uh, tomorrow night with the playing games. So we still have a little bit more to get to with March Madness, and uh, we will do that on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., my pick of the week for appointment viewing is March Madness, specifically this Thursday and Friday, in my mind, two of the great days in sports. You have 16 games each day. Need I say more? <laughs> and uh, I got a taste of it, AP, because mm-hmm. the SEC tournament was held down here in Tampa, as you well know. And uh, so mm-hmm. I went in on Thursday afternoon to soak up some atmosphere, the, uh, basically the opening day mm-hmm. of the tournament. Um, yeah. And AP, it was great weather. SEC fans ruled the city, uh, they were everywhere. Kentucky was the Kentucky contingents, not even Kentucky nation. Big is a big blue nation. Is that what they call themselves? Yes, that's right. That's correct. They were everywhere. They were everywhere. Maybe comprising whatever three quarters of the amount of overall SEC fans. Uh, But noticeably, because they can't be missed, AP probably this the second biggest. contingent that I saw would have been Tennessee fans who were playing, I believe, the day that I was there. 
And they, of course, won the tournament, but you can't miss them in their bright orange. That's for darn sure, AP. And Alabama had quite the representation of fans as well. Yeah, there's a big contingent of people from Alabama in the Tampa area, Orlando area. So I'm sure they were glad to have the tournament there because it's normally in Nashville. It used to be in Atlanta quite quite often, but now Nashville seems to be the main uh, hub for that tournament in the coming years as well. I saw that, AP. Drift like the out. next three years. Yeah, they drift out, you know. Yeah, they drift out to maybe St. Louis one year, which, you know, because Missouri's in the league and then now Tampa. So I, I was at the Tampa one many, many years ago, probably in the last 10 years. So it doesn't get down there very often. So the fans that, you know, in their, that area for all those SEC schools, they try to watch their team. Yeah, well, the Gators, of course, uh, Gators are uh, – right up the road in Gainesville from Tampa and uh, a lot of disappointment that they got bounced by Texas A&M who went to the final game against Tennessee. Uh, they had a, uh, but the Gators were out uh, right at the, in their first game, uh, lost on a three-pointer at the buzzer, uh, had an up-and-down game, good game, but you know a lot of disappointment down here because uh, Gator Nation – uh, here in Florida was really ready for, I think, a, a Florida run. You know, they have a great history, obviously, and recent with the two back-to-back national championships with uh, a few years back with, of course, you know, Al Horford and uh, Noah Brewer, that great team. And uh, so, yeah, the, uh, the people in Florida were disappointed. But, uh, again, I'm sure Kentucky – and they're, and Big Blue Nation was pretty disappointed too. They didn't, uh, well, anything other than the championship is a disappointment. But it doesn't matter, AP. They're, you know, I'm not sure if they're a number one. Or I think they're a number two seed, if I, if I'm not mistaken, for the tournament. Mm, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So, but, but John, oh yeah, the other thing, John, is you saw Florida made uh, they lost their basketball coach to Georgia. Yes, I did see that. Yes, because Georgia, um, yeah, they, they fired their coach. Uh, big name, Tom Crean, said the least. <laughs> Very yeah. big name. Formerly coached Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, I, that was one of the strangest moves I've seen in all of SEC history to have a coach from the rival. And with two championships at Florida with Billy Donovan, you know, the potential to win championships in Georgia has really scattered success through the years, even with all the great players in Atlanta. But maybe he feels he can recruit Atlanta, get people to Georgia. I don't know, but that was very strange to me. That was a shocker. And the timing timing as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's... I couldn't help but notice a little bit that, you know, it, it feels like the the conference championships just don't seem all that important by that. I mean, I watched the Duke game, the ACC tournament, and, you know, and can, this applies to Kentucky as well down here in Tampa for the tournament. You know, they lose, but it just doesn't matter. You know, they don't win the tournament, but you know they're going to be in the – obviously know they're going to be in the tournament. You know they're going to be a high seed. I don't know that if either of them won the tournament, it would have affected their seeding. Um, and Jay Billis talked about this on ESPN. It just felt like, 
you know, maybe the conference championships held around the country for the big conferences, you know, doesn't seem as important, you know, because they don't have have to win them like the smaller schools. And those games are fabulous to watch. Yeah, John Calipari, uh, he's a person who does not like to play in the SEC tournament. He's emphatically stated that position many times. And there's there's that, not that allegiance anymore. I mean, for instance, Auburn won the regular season. And how many times has Auburn won the regular season? They had a chance to win the SEC tournament as well. And they stamp on the program uh, with that team. But they were knocked out in the first round and didn't play very well, actually. We're down 15 or so points first half, I saw. So, no, there's not, you know, old state U. I mean, I think, like I said, that's disappeared from... 95% of the schools and programs, and it's just not important that more to win the uh, tournament for your team. Yeah, and just as we close out the show, AP, even I, you know, I saw where Auburn lost, and they were number one much of the year, or for, you know, a significant portion, and, you know, I myself just sort of shrugged my shoulders and didn't think much of it. You know, I'm right here. It's big local news. Auburn lost. And, uh, and you know, because I knew they were going to the tournament, I knew they'd be a high seed, and it just didn't really matter. So kind of weird. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, yeah. But what are you going to do? That's the world we live in now. That's for sure. Yes, yes. That's the way it is, John. And But basketball is a tournament sport. It's very yep. important to these coaches to – Make the tournament and win, win uh, two games, preferably. And anything beyond that, you're celebrated. Uh, if you win, if you lose in the first round, that's that's probably a big negative against your your career record. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, well, AP, I just want to thank you for calling in. As always, great talking with you on the wide range of sports, uh, and appreciate your expertise as always. Thank you, John. It's my pleasure. Thanks again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend. And we'll talk sports again next week.